turn your Bibles this morning to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1. Speaking of starting at the beginning, I love Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and 4, and 5. My favorite book in the Bible. I always say, if you need the answer to today's issues and questions, go to the beginning. Genesis, and I, before the Lord, they're all there. Well, the beginning of Matthew, the New Testament, is pretty good, too. Leah's here. We'll, I'll give you all the title here in just a second. No, teasing. But in Matthew chapter 1, and speaking of today's title, I, I cannot get settled on today's subject for anything. I know what I want to speak about, but finding a title, as I often do, is problems for me. Um, I've got two titles. One, maybe it could be Ordinary Christians for a Heavenly Mission. Ordinary Christians for a heavenly mission. Or, I thought of another one that I really liked, and it's marked for God's use. You know, there's a lot of things in this world that are marked for, you know, this is for oil rags only. And this is for, I, I, I was trying to buy a sign the other day that said, this is for Sears maintenance parking only. There are a lot of things in this world that are marked for one particular purpose. And I want to tell you, if you're not, if you'll realize some things in your life that we as Christians, we get marked for God's use. And if we're not careful, we'll find ourselves being used for things other than being marked for God. I'd love to tie that back to, here I go, Genesis. And when Cain was marked, God put a mark on Cain. But you know, sort of unannounced or unspoken that you know, there's been some other marks put on some people's lives. And we find ourselves questioning, and I better hurry or I'm going to be forever. But I've got two pages. You can see all this writing. I've got two pages of material here. I'll probably never get to it all. But we often ask these questions. I wonder why this happened. How could God let this happen? And it might be that maybe God's marking us for something special. I'm not going to give you a Christmas Sunday school lesson today. But we are going to be in Matthew chapter 1 and beginning in verse 18. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise when as his mother Mary was espoused to Joseph. Before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. But while he thought on these things, I've got another lesson on that I've been working on for about three years. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not, take unto thee, most, uh, excuse me, Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And she shall bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And now all this was done, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Behold, a virgin shall be with child, and shall bring forth a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which being interpreted is God with us. Then Joseph, being raised from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him, and took unto him his wife, and knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son, and he called his name Jesus. 
marked for God's use or ordinary Christians for a heavenly mission. You know, when God looked at Joseph on the outside, you would see an ordinary man. Jim, you would see a builder. We know from the scripture that he was a carpenter. And he lived in an ordinary house, if you will, in an ordinary town and was about to wed an ordinary woman to live an ordinary life. And things were good. And they were excited, no doubt. I mean, you know, we just had a recently engaged couple. And I'm sure you guys are excited about where you're going to live and where you're going to work and, 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 you know, I won't go, you know, children and I don't know. You got to be excited. What are we going to have and furniture and car? I mean, these things are exciting, right? A bunch of old people smile. Look at me. Yeah, these are fun. You remember when it was fun. And this is where Joseph and Mary was. They were excited. But when God looked at Joseph, He saw something different. I read in God's Word that when God looked at him in verse 19, He saw a just man. And I'm going to deal with that later. But He saw a just man. So, let's get into this lesson. I'll say this and I'll close my introduction. When God was about to do this miraculous, this miracle... This work, I want to note that there was no need, and this is adult Sunday school, there was no need for a male seed. There was no need for a rich man. There was no need for a popular man. Just an ordinary, godly, just man would do. And Joseph was a godly man in all his ways. And here they are. They're excited. They're engaged. Betrothal period, as the Bible speaks of and gives us some some thoughts on these things there. And they're excited. But yet something is about to happen. That's going to change their life. Number one, let's look at verse 18 and 19. I want to look at the mark. Watch this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ was on this wise. When as his mother Mary was a spouse to Joseph, they're engaged to be married. Before they came together, before they came together, before Joseph knew her, before that, that that was supposed to wait on marriage, she was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And then Joseph, her husband, being a just man and not willing to make her a public example, was minded to put her away privately. Number one, if you're keeping notes, I want you to note the tragedy that marred his life. The tragedy that marred his life. Come on, let's go back to the introduction. Here's the carpenter. 
He's engaged to the woman that he loves more than anything. Thinks she's the most beautiful thing he's ever seen. And, and I bet you anything, he's probably building a house and, and, and he, where he was adding a room on for her and, 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 and maybe a nursery because they, surely they were going to have children soon. And, or maybe he was building the carport or sodding the yard or this man's working and he's happy with what he does. And, and all of a sudden something happened. It was a major tragedy in his life. Brother John, this was a tragedy. The outcome was not a tragedy, but at this moment in his life, this was the greatest tragedy that he had ever known. In essence, his life was ruined. How would you like to be engaged to a woman, Samuel, and, and, and you're just months away from being married, and then she comes to you and tells you that she's expecting, and you know that you've not done anything inappropriate. Tell me that's not a tragedy. You don't break a man's heart. You don't hit him where it hurts. You're talking about sending a man to his knees, breaking his back. Find out that his fiance is now expecting with child and knowing it's not his. Think about that. The tragedy that marred his life. Number one underneath this, I want you to note the tragedy of shocking discoveries. A shocking discovery. This betrothal period that they were in, I'm telling you, during the betrothal period, I mean, I'm telling you, it was, it was in the law, if you will. You did not touch your fiance. You did not. I mean, you, you, you can near be stoned to death for such a thing. There would be a price to pay. And yet here was this just man, this man that everybody in town knows, and this guy that everybody knows doesn't get in trouble, and, and, and he wasn't the addict, he wasn't in jail, he was, he had not been in trouble with the law. This was an outstanding just man, according to God's word, and everybody knew this about him. And then all of a sudden, when he walked down the street, everybody says, what has he done? What has he done? The tragedy of shocking discoveries. I mean, you know, it'd be real easy though for him, pastor, to say, but the Holy Ghost impregnated Mary. It wasn't me. Who would believe that? Who would believe that? I've never heard of the Holy Ghost impregnating anyone. And neither had they at this point. Like, yeah, right. Yeah, sure. This tragedy of... Shocking discoveries. Now let's go to my next point here, sub-point here, the tragedy of shattered dreams. You see, Joseph was excited about his marriage with Mary and having children as we've talked about and dreaming of this life together and, and, and building or finishing this house and then the news that shattered his dreams. He was not the father and he knew this. It had to hurt. Shocking discoveries, shattering dreams. Have you ever been going along in your life and, and life seemed good and, and you liked where you were at in your life and work is good and, and, and relationships are good and, and, and we like our house and, and we kind of like where we're at, but this is where Joseph was in his life, but all of a sudden, all of a sudden, there was a tragedy that marred his life. There was a shocking discovery. There was a shattered dream. 
that's going to lead me to the tragedy of sorrowful decisions. What decision? Look at verse 19. Then Joseph, her husband, being a just man, look at this, and not willing to make her a public example. I find a decision here. Was minded to put her away. To put her away privately. Allow me to give you some scripture. Let's go. The only law they had, Deuteronomy chapter 20. I can get there. Deuteronomy chapter 20. And Lord, I gotta hurry. And, excuse me, Deuteronomy chapter 22. I got too many twos running here in front of me. Deuteronomy chapter 22 and in verse 20. But if this thing be true and the tokens of virginity be not found for the damsel, then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house and the men of her city shall stone her with stones that she die because she hath wrought folly in Israel to play the whore and in her father's house. So shalt thou put evil away from among you. If a man be found lying with a woman married to an husband, then they shall both of them die. I'll stop reading. We find here that this warrant death. Mary could have been stoned to death for such a thing. I'm giving you the Bible. But, look over here in, uh, let me find my notes. I got a bunch of notes here. In chapter 24 and in verse 1, we find in Deuteronomy chapter 24 verse 1, When a man hath taken a wife and married her, and it come to pass that she find no favor in his eyes, because he hath found some uncleanness in her, then let him write her a bill of divorcement, and give it in her hand, and send her out of his house. So Joseph had a decision to make. And his decision, as we find in our text of Matthew chapter 1, he said, I I don't want to make a public example out of her. I I, I don't want her to be stoned to death. He said, I'm going to do the latter of the two, Then I'm just going to privately put her away and, if you will, write her a bill of divorcement. I'm going to make this thing just as quiet as I can. He had a sorrowful decision. I want to remind you, this was the woman he loved. He cared for this woman. He wanted to spend his life with her. He wanted to have children with her. He wanted to take care of her. He wanted wanted to give her everything she ever wanted. This was his heart's desire, Miss Jean. He loved this woman, but yet he was such a just man. He said, I'm going to privately put her away. Now let's make note before we leave this point. Right here in point number one. The Holy Ghost had not made this known to Joseph yet. That's going to come in verse 20 or 21. I can't remember. i got to read it. But in 18 and 19, he is going off of Mary's word. Pastor, I, 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 don't, I don't believe I would have responded like that. I probably would have had a problem in today's day. Oh, I'm getting, a, I'm getting a DNA test. I'm getting this. And, and, and I've, I've known and read stories and heard it, you know, where they put a woman away. They'll divorce a woman over this. I know it wasn't me. Joseph didn't respond that way. We're looking at the tragedy that marred his life. This took his dreams away. At this point, this took his dreams away. Again, the Holy Ghost hadn't come to him and made this thing known. He's running off Mary's word. Tragedy that marred his life. Do you find yourself... Have you ever been in a situation where you feel like your life's been... 
Something you wanted so bad and it has been taken away. A marred life. And then, as I said in the beginning, we ask, why, Lord? Why? I had a conversation with, with somebody just the other night and we talked about this, this thing of questioning God and, and, you know, and then I made note. I said, well, you know, even Jesus, while on the cross suffering such agony, a tragedy, if you will, that marred his life in, in essence, he said, God, why hast thou forsaken? And you may find your life being marred by some tragedy and you might ask, why, Lord? Why? We've been there. If you've not been there, it's very likely that you get there one day. Tragedy of marred life. The tragedy of shocking discoveries. Shattered dreams. Sorrowful decisions. Bring me to number two. The task. That marked his life. In the beginning, it was a tragedy that marred his life. Shattered his dreams. Shocking discoveries. Tore his life apart. Now it's the task that marked his life. Look with me in our text at verse 20. But while he thought on these things, I think it's godly to think on some things. Behold, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream. Aren't you glad sometimes that the Lord just comes and presents himself to you? Oftentimes, when you're not even looking for him, he presents himself to you. I don't read in God's Word where Joseph fasted and prayed for three days and sought the face of God and he was on his knees by his bed and he prayed, Oh God, show me a way and, and these things are good and we should, but sometimes God will even appear and show Himself when we're not looking for Him. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. But he slept. And the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not to take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is indeed, if you will, of the Holy Ghost. And he goes on to speak to him, but I'm going to read that in a, in a moment. The task that marked his life. I want to note here before we get into these subpoints that God assigned Joseph a task. Joseph didn't ask for this. God didn't run an ad in the paper and say, who would like to be the, the, the father of my son? Uh, is there anybody in, in this town that, that, that would want to adopt my son? Joseph didn't ask for this. Joseph wasn't seeking for this. It was not Joseph's will. Come on. God assigned this task unto him. There's a lot of things that have come in my life that I never asked for. There's a lot of things that I asked for that I never got. Kurt, I envy you. I asked God to call me to preach. He wouldn't call me to preach. You ought to be thankful for that calling. Pastor, you ought to be thankful for your calling. I begged God for three or four years, call me, I'll go, send me, here I am. It wasn't His will for my life. But Joseph was assigned this task to be the father of Jesus. Think about that. He was marked for life. He was no longer the carpenter. 
He was the daddy of Jesus. Think about that. To this day, 2,000 years later, more than 2,000 years later, he's still the earthly daddy of Jesus. That was his title. He was marked for life. What a title. And he didn't know it was coming. This all started with a tragedy that marred his life. Let's look, sub-point number one, this task. This task that marked his life. This task involved divine revelations. We see in verse 20 that this was not going to be no ordinary baby. But while he thought on these things, the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not, take unto thee Mary thy wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. I want you to know that this was a divine revelation. He did not get this news in an email. He did not get this news from the Department of Revenue. He didn't get this news from his lawyer. He didn't get this news from his mom and his daddy. This news came from heaven above, a divine revelation. Well, I'm going to tell you something. Some of the greatest things that was ever revealed to me, and y'all ain't got to run right here, but some of the greatest things that was ever revealed unto me came from divine revelations. What a blessing. Great things come from above. I'm going to run on for the sake of time. Not only do we see the task involved a divine revelation, but this task involved uh, definite requirements. Let's go on to verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son. Remember, the angel of the Lord is speaking to him here. And thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Look back in verse 20. And the Lord appeared unto him in a dream, saying, Joseph, thou son of David, fear not, take unto thee Mary. I see two special requirements here. Two of them. He said, keep Mary. Don't you put her away. Remember, he done decided he was going to do the right thing, if you will, and not have her stoned to death, but just going to put her away privately and write that bill of divorcement. And he weighed that thing out and, and you know, in earthly terms, Pastor, I, I think that's a pretty good decision. He had two choices. I can have her stoned or I, I can write her a bill of divorcement and I can send her away privately. But after this divine revelation, we see these divine requirements and the Holy Ghost said, don't you put her away. You keep her. This child is of the Holy Ghost. And then he said, I want you to name this child. You. Mary didn't name her child. Joseph named that child. And I've tried to study that. I've been hitting some dead in the streets. I'll get something and I think I got it and then I, I don't like it. But Joseph named that baby. Two requirements. Well, you know, there's been a lot of times when I thought I was doing the right thing and I weighed out my options and I pondered them things. And, and boy, I thought on them things. I thought, man, this is the right thing to do. And then God just comes in there, one of these divine revelations, and just messes it all up. God said in His Word, My ways are not your ways and my thoughts are not your thoughts. Aren't you glad that right before we go step out and make an assumption or make a decision based off some really good things that God will just come in and fix it for you? Mm. Boy, He's fixed a lot of situations in my life when I was just about to mess up. That blesses me. I don't know about y'all. Some divine requirements. This task that marked his life, not only did it 
involved divine revelations, divine requirements, but this task also involved delightful realizations. <laughs> delightful realization. This task would fulfill the greatest promise that God ever gave to mankind. The greatest promise. How much time have we got? We got a little bit. Isaiah. You see, prophecy being revealed in the old books, in the Old Testament, the only true prophecy that they had, the only promise they had of redemption, the only promise they had of a future was the promise of a Savior. And all of that was brought about in Isaiah. If you will, turn with me please to Isaiah chapter 7. We're talking right here about some delightful delightful realizations. And in Isaiah chapter 7 and in verse 14, Therefore the Lord Himself shall give you a sign. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and bear a son and shall call His name Emmanuel. Look with me please over into chapter 9 while you're right there. Isaiah chapter 9 and in verse 6. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. And then all of a sudden, a tragedy that had marred Joseph's life. It was a shocking discovery, a shattered dream, a sorrowful decision had to be made. And then all of a sudden, this tragedy that marked his life became a task that marked his life. And it is now a delightful realization. We've come a long way, haven't we? we come a long way from a man that couldn't sleep at night and a man that his dreams had been shattered to a delightful realization. Because after all of this has start to happen and this angel's revealing things unto him, you know what begins to happen? He begins to think, now I remember the preacher saying back there in Isaiah chapter 7, oh, you can see a, a, a virgin, the Holy Ghost, counselor, mighty, wonderful. All of a sudden he begins to realize Man, I've got a special task here. A task that marked his life forever. Mm. You know, I would, if I saw Mark Lowry today, I might ask him this. Uh, not only Mary did you know, but what about Joseph did you know? Joseph played a really big part in this thing. As a matter of fact, we find the Holy Ghost speaking to Joseph a little bit more about this thing that he did marry. Think on them things. Joseph played a big part in this. God had a lot to say to him. There's a good picture here, Joseph. Did you know? I believe Joseph began to realize that God was doing a special thing in his life. It was a divine realization. I want to tell you something. You might have found yourself going through a tragedy. And it might have hurt, but I really think if like Joseph, you'll hang on for a little while. You'll find out that this thing's going to mark your life. And if you'll let it, then God will give you something very special.
I got a, I, I testified over here some time ago when, when a tragedy happened in my life and I found myself laying in this altar. And I believe it was while I was in that altar that God marked my life because I was willing to give Him some things. And He marked my life and God has touched me in many, many ways since then. Not because of anything I did, but God marked me. I asked God to assign the pulpit to me and He wouldn't do it. But you know what? I'm, I'm bumping 50 and now I'm looking back on my life. I see God assign some other things to me. Our plan's not always His plan. I got one more. Not only did we see the tragedy that marred His life and the task that marked His life, but I want to see now the testimony that measured his life. The testimony that measured his life. A real test of maturity is not what a person faces, but how they respond to it. Joseph had some decisions to make. We said in point number one, You see, he could have said no. He could have said no. He could have said, we'll not do it. I'm not going to live with that woman. She's unclean. She did me wrong. God, you're not going to do me like this. I'm not going to take this mark. Don't you sign that to me. I'm a carpenter. Everybody in this town knows me. I'm going to be the mayor one day. I'm sure he had dreams of his own. I'm going to have a street named after me down there. I'm going to be the mayor. I'm going to build this big old house. I'm going to marry this woman. I don't want that mark, God. It's not what he did. He took that mark. He accepted that tragedy. And now something special is fixing to happen in his life. We're fixing to see the testimony that measured his life. It's how we respond to things. You have a choice when adversity comes to you. You've got a choice. You can either accept it and do the right thing. Or you can choose to do something else that won't be the right thing. I used to tell my softball players all the time, don't let that at bat define you as an athlete. You go back up there the next time and you get closer in that box. You get closer to that plate. You keep your eye on that ball. and You take those hips through. You let that define you. Don't let that strikeout define you. You go in there and make this better. You accept the pitch that was given you. I got something to say about the testimony that measured his life. Look at verse 24 in our text. Matthew chapter 1 and verse 24. Then Joseph being raised from sleep. Look at this. He did. I love that. He did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him and took unto him his wife. We find here underneath this point, we find the testimony of unconditional compliance. Regardless of the fact that the people were going to mock him when he walked down the street. I bet they called her names. I bet they called him names. The same way the people didn't believe Noah when he was building that ark. The same way people didn't believe him when he told them that this birth was of the Holy Ghost. 
They never heard such things. But yet he got up out of that bed that next morning and he went and he took his wife by the hand. He said, honey, I'm going to love you. We're going to raise this child together. We're going to stay in the house of God. We're going to do things the way we should do things. I'm going to love you. I trust you. I'm sorry that I distrusted you. Oh, please love me forever. I find here that it was an unconditional compliance. He obeyed and followed to the T. Even while the others mocked them. As they went to the grocery stores. They went to the market on the corner. I'm sure they were mocked and ridiculed and teased. But yet he unconditional compliance. Second thing I want to see here. Not only testimony of unconditional compliance. But the testimony of unwavering commitment. He did as the angel of the Lord had bidden him. And took unto him his wife to wed. A commitment like no other. I, I, I don't want to take away from our commitment to Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. We all know that's the greatest decision in the world. But I'm going to tell you something. Maybe the second most is that commitment to that spouse. Amen. Second greatest commitment, the second greatest commitment in this world. Love that man. Love that woman. Be together. Sell yourself to them. Nothing else will do. Nobody else will do. I won't look the other way. I'll never go the other way. Honey, I'm with you forever. What a commitment. We see an unwavering commitment here. He knew her not. Let's look on at verse 25. And he knew her not till she brought forth that firstborn son. How many men in this world, (laughs) adult Sunday school, were willing to save themselves after they were married till after another child was born that wasn't his? You want to talk about a commitment? Again, this is adult Sunday school. Y- y'all get what I'm saying. I'm, I'm just commitment, Pastor, like none other. We see this. Third thing I want to see here: the testimony of unfailing completion. Look at this last line in verse 25. And he knew her not till she had brought forth her firstborn son. And we see the final completion, the one thing, the last thing that the Holy Ghost told him or the angel of the Lord told him to do was to name that child. And the last thing mentioned in this scripture was, and he called his name Jesus. <laughs> Unfailing completion. He named the child Jesus. I want you to understand that this wasn't a family name. This wasn't a, a traditional name. That he didn't name him. You know, look here. Who are we kidding? You know that that name of that child special. And, and most everybody in here has had a child, and 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 you named that child based off of. Well, that was my daddy's name. That was my granddaddy's heritage. That was you know. And some people name their children after leaders, or they name them after some other. I mean, there's always some significance in your life in which you name your child after. So I'm sure it was a big, would have been a big thing to Mary and Joseph to have carried on some special name in their family or in their traditions. But Joseph didn't do that. He's not going to be a Joseph Jr. He's not going to be granddaddy's name Jr. He's going to be called the name of Jesus. Mighty. Wonderful. Counselor, Savior, Redeemer of the world, Jehovah, 
I am. God Almighty. I find here unfailing completion to every detail. What a testimony. What a testimony. So where did we come from? We came from a tragedy that marred his life. The worst thing that had ever happened to Joseph at that point in his life. A tragedy that marked him, that marred him to a task that marked him for life. And then to a testimony that measured his life. If we had a ruler this morning, if I had a measuring stick, let me tell you where Joseph's measurement would be. Out the top. Clean off the end. You could measure every section of Joseph's life right here. And you'd have to go inch by inch by inch because he did everything exactly like God wanted him to do all the way to the end of his life. What a testimony. I want to tell you this morning, maybe you found a tragedy and you don't understand. It could be that God is going to mark you with a task. And if you can fulfill then you will have a testimony that will be measured to the fullest. I said, don't let adversity define who you are. We can take these tragedies and we can take these marks and if we do the right thing by them, then God will take and use that and give you the greatest testimony. A testimony that you never could have had. I want to say this and I'll close. It's hard to stop on this. There's so much to say. Joseph could have said no. Maybe we need to teach a lesson or preach a sermon on down. What if Joseph had said no? But he could have said no. And if that would have been the case, you know what he would have been? When they put him in his grave or they put him in that tomb, he would have been a carpenter. He might have been the mayor. He might have been a good old boy. But as a result of this, he was the daddy of Jesus. A title greater than anything else. Greater than president. Greater than master builder. Greater than daddy of the year. He was the father of Jesus. Think about this in your next tragedy. God might be trying to mark your life for something special. He might be trying to give you a testimony like none other. From a tragedy to a mark to a measurement, a testimony. God might mar you so that He can mark you so you can be measured to the fullest. God help us this morning.